Hey guys, it's Tim. Some of you guys may know me as the Trivia Guy. But uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Issue. Check us out three days a week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoy it, tell a friend. You know, spread it around. If not, not a huge deal. Just don't listen again. Uh, we appreciate you guys stopping by, though, and, uh, and checking us out. But be sure to also check out the social media outlets. We have Twitter, at The Issue Podcast, and our Instagram, at The Underscore Issue Podcast. Thank you guys again for listening. Yo, what's up guys? How you doing? It is the issue, uh, Thursday, November 12th. Um, Luke is actually out of town again, but uh, no problem because, you know, I'm here and we're doing it. Uh, We're going to go over some of the Monday night football game, obviously, and uh, give you guys a quick prediction for Thursday and just some basic news. There's not not too, too much going on right now. It's going to be a really, really short podcast today. Um, Just get you guys what you need. And uh, get you on your way. Get some betting lines, all that, all that good stuff. Um, so without further ado, let's just get right into it. Let's go into um, the Monday Night Football game. We got Patriots at the Jets. The Patriots won thirty to twenty-seven. The tough game to watch um, if you're a football fan. I guess it was kind of nice because it was close. You know, it was close. But oh lord, just the the quality of play was was rough. It was rough. Um, Dude, I uh, will give a little shout out to uh, to Joe Flacco. Played really well. Seventy-two uh, percent completion percentage, two hundred sixty-two yards, three touchdowns, one pick, one hundred and twenty-nine QBR. Probably the best he's played in about I don't know eight years. So um, good for Joe Flacco, and uh, definitely made it close. I expected the Patriots to win by a little bit more than that, um, and I didn't expect him to look that good. Simple as that. But uh, Cam looked solid as well. And I was impressed by Cam's accuracy. At one point, he was 22 for 24 on the game. He finished 27 for 35, so 77% completion percentage. No touchdowns, no picks. 99 QBR, but then he added two rushing touchdowns. He's borderline unstoppable on the goal line running the football. Um, So I just thought this showed how bad both teams were, to be honest with you. I I I didn't think it was anything more than that. I thought it was two really bad teams that matched up pretty well. Um, just two teams that lacked talent, to be honest with you. And I, I just thought the difference was the coaching of the Patriots and the defense of the Patriots. They got one more stop than the Jets did, and it's it's really that simple. Um, I mean, you look at, I guess, turnovers. The Jets had the one turnover. New England played a pretty clean football game, no turnovers. Um, rushing stats, I guess, were uh, were really solid for New England. And uh, they just they just had more yards. Just had simply had more yards, less mistakes. Um, and the Jets just aren't a good team. They're just really not a good team. Uh, I do want to go to let's look here. The Jets continue to have no running game. None. I, I respect Frank Gore, but it's about time. Twelve carries for forty six yards. Let's see what that brings his season total to. Frank Gore's season total, 108 attempts for 386 yards. So I have a calculator here. Let's see. Um, 386 divided by 108. I mean, he's averaging 3.6 yards a carry. That's just not going to get it done. Uh, it's just not going to get done. He lacks burst. He has no touchdowns. 
Um, like I said, I, I respect Frank Gore's legacy. I respect his veteran presence. But um, there's no reason that LaMichael Pirine shouldn't be getting should not be getting the majority of the carries. Um, he's got more burst, probably a little more power at this point in in uh, in each of their careers. I think his coaching was not good for the Jets. It just wasn't good. Um, about all we got there, though. Uh, like I said, I don't want to look too much into that game because it was just two really bad teams squaring off there. Um, let's get to the game of the night, though. There are there's one Thursday night NFL game. And then we have an uh, NCAA game tonight as well. So we'll, we'll go over a little bit of both here. Uh, the NCAA game is not incredibly intriguing, but uh, so we'll start with that, actually, because it's, it's far less intriguing. We'll finish off the show on a high note going over Thursday night football tonight. Um, all right, so let's go with Colorado State at Boise State. Boise's favored by 14 and a half. Um, Boise's coming off that throttling at the hands of BYU. Um, I mean, you look at the matchup number-wise, um, that the, it's pretty even, to be honest with you. I would say that uh, Boise State's definitely a little bit more explosive, um, at least offensively, and they just have more speed. I've watched, actually, I've caught uh, two Boise State games. They move pretty good. They got some decent speed on the outside. 14 and a half, so a really large spread, though, especially for a team that just got their face beat in by BYU, who is solid, but I wouldn't call him a contender. And Boise lost, what, 51 to 17. So I will take um, Colorado State to cover the 14 and a half point spread, but I do like Boise State to win. They're a better football team. I think they're a more, more well-rounded organization, uh, program, I guess. Um, they've, they've had success before and uh, they'll continue to have success, but I just, I like them to win tonight, especially at home. Um, all right, here we go. Big game of the night here. This is a huge game for the division. Colts at the Titans. Um, kickoff here is in about 53 minutes. It is uh, 7.06 Eastern time. So, yeah, like I said, game is in about 53 minutes. Um, I, this is tough. Indy's favored by one point, and the over-under is 48.5, I believe. It is indeed 48 and a half. Um, let's see here. I know that Luke told me to tell you guys he has taken the Colts. He likes them by three. So he'll take the Colts, the cover. I think he said the under because he said two really good de- – or well, one really good defense. Um, and neither offense is really that explosive. I agree with him on the under. I, I could not agree more. I actually do think that Tennessee is going to win. The running game is just simply better. They have more playmakers. Look, Ryan Tannehill has 20 touchdowns in the air. Phillip Rivers has 10. Um, Derrick Henry has 843 yards. John Taylor, the leading rusher, has 416. You got A.J. Brown on the outside. Corey Davis. Um, so I will take the Titans. And I think, like I said, I'll take the under as well. Um, I think 48.5 is, is fairly high for this game with with a defense that a really solid top five defense in uh, Indianapolis. And then on the flip side, Indianapolis' offense isn't that great. They're not going to put up that many points. So I'll take uh, I'll take Tennessee. I will take the under, and I will take um, I'll take Tennessee by probably about three. So I'll be on the flip side of Luke there. Um, like I said, he wanted the Colts by three. I'll take Tennessee by three. And uh, so let's predict a score here. Um, I'm going to go. Let's go, um, 
It's going to be a lot of field goals for the Colts for some reason. Let's go with... Mm, how about 23 to 20? I think the Colts have two, maybe three field goals, and then a weird little, like, safety, something something like that to bring them to 20. Yeah, I'll take, I will take Tennessee 23-20. Um, I like Ryan Tannehill to have a, a pretty solid game. I think he, I wouldn't be surprised if you look up at the end of the game and he's got, you know, two touchdowns, average, maybe a pick, you know, 200, 200 yards. I think he's going to be efficient, though. I think Derrick Henry... Derrick Henry's going to be average. I'll give him, I'll give him 75, 80 yards, maybe. Um, all right, let's see. Do we have anything else to cover? Today? Let's, let's, let's just check out some, some basic sports news. Um, I know some news out of the NBA. Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston, playing with one of his good buddies, James Harden. Apparently, it's just not working. So, uh, so yeah, he wants out. I, I don't think he's a top-end player anymore. I don't think he really ever was. He's just too ball-centric of a guard. He needs the ball in his hands all the time. And while that'd be good for, you know, breaking Oscar Robinson's triple-double record and all that good stuff, it's not sustainable for winning. And I think winning is what separates a, a really strong two or, like, a, a Robin um, or even a solid three, like a second or third option on a team. He'd be, I think, solid at that. But he cannot lead because he needs the ball too much. And uh, for a guard who can't really shoot, shoots under 30, under 25% from three, um, that, that's an obvious problem. And uh, he, in the, an increasingly three-point-centric league, you got to have a guy who can knock down shots. And if it's not going to be um, him to knock down the shots, he's got to be able to kick it out to other people who will make those shots. And uh, he's just too ball-centric to do that. So, um, all right, sweet. So that site is not loading. That's good. Computer, nice and frozen. All right, let's check out the phone here then, huh? Shall we? So let's go sports news today. Yeah, I had it all pulled up, ready to go, and of course, it froze. Alrighty here. Ooh, oh wow, that is interesting. Okay, all right. Um, the first NFL mock draft is out. Give me one sec. Oh yes, baseball. Obviously baseball. A lot of news out of baseball. All the the season awards are getting released here. So we have. I know Jose Abreu wins the AL MVP. Um, he was just spectacular. Nineteen home runs, sixty RBIs, led the league. Um, just really showed a leadership role. He's one of the older contributors on that team, believe it or not. Guys like Luis Robert and Jan Moncada and all that. Um, Abreu's actually been around the block a little bit compared to those guys. And so it's good to see him get a little bit of credit there. Um, all right, how about Freddie Freeman, NL MVP? He hit, I want to say, like 360. Uh, just an absolute beast. I mean, no two ways around it. Um I mean, let's see here. Let's look at his stats. He had 341, I'm sorry, uh, with 13 home runs, 51 RBIs, led all of baseball, 23 doubles, um, and he walked a lot. He had 45 walks in 60 games. Uh, that's beautiful. So the discipline that he displayed was incredible. I think he deserves, deserves it just as much as Abreu did. Um, 
All right, here, Trevor Bauer, NL Cy Young Award winner. He's actually now a free agent, which is weird. Um, but he did play for the Cincinnati Reds this past year. A 173 ERA, uh, a .8 whip, which is, for those of you who aren't uh, too well-versed in baseball terminology when it comes to stats and, and that, uh, that is walks and hits per inning, innings pitched. And so he lets up under one base runner, basically, um, per inning, which is what you want. That's that's the goal. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, hitting free agency and pff, couldn't couldn't have come out at a better time. Um, hitting free agency right after his Cy Young year. Uh, that should garner some pretty big money, so good for him. Um, here we go, Shane Bieber, AL Cy Young, 2020 AL Cy Young Award winner, a 1.63 ERA. Four, a whopping 14.2 Ks per nine, which is strikeouts per nine innings, um, which means if he throws a complete game, he's going to strike out 14 out of 27 batters. That's unheard of. That's incredible. Um, went eight and one, so was a, a winner, you know. And uh, I thought he deserved it as well. I mean, if you look at the candidates um, for for that award, I thought he I thought he definitely stood out. I didn't think it was I didn't think it was all that close, to be honest with you. Uh, let's check out here. Okay, yeah. So for the AL Young, it was him, Kenta Maeda, who had a .75 whip, but his ERA was 2.7, which is still solid, but but not quite as good. And uh, Hinjun Ryu, who had a .81 home runs per nine, which is all right, but I don't think that's a stat that you really need to hang your hat on if you're going to win a Cy Young. I think I need a little something stronger to hang my hat on there. And he had a .270 ERA as well. So I, I, I thought Shane Bieber was the obvious choice there. And uh, for Trevor Bauer, the only other guys that were even close was Jacob DeGrom, 104 strikeouts, um, 13.8 Ks per nine, which is, is I think, second to Shane Bieber uh, in the whole entire league. So that's impressive. But I, I just thought Bauer was simply better. Uh, his team won a little bit more. So that that's also – there's something to be said for that. And you Darvish uh, tied for, I think, second in the league with eight wins, uh, had a three – defensive war which is really good obviously but uh i thought that both the candidates were the obvious choice i really did um see any other news out of baseball not really i guess manager of the year um in the nl was don mattingly of the marlins which obviously uh, no one expected that that dumpster of a team talent wise to to make it to the playoffs alone i think what win the wild card little three-game play-in series Incredibly impressive. Uh, his, he did a fantastic job. And uh, Kevin Cash, AL Manager of the Year. And some people are going to say, well, what about that decision for Blake Snout? Well, this is voted on um, prior to the postseason. It's just not released until now. Um, so that doesn't affect the voting at all. Trust me, I don't think he would have won if <laughs> if it was voted on at the end, end of the year, like right now. Um, I think he deserves it. I don't think after – I think he still probably should be fired for that decision. But for his job during the regular season, he probably deserves it. He led a team who doesn't even have the most talent in his own division, let alone the whole AL, to the number one seed. Incredibly impressive. Um, definitely deserving. It's about all the news we have out of baseball. Um, let's see. The Masters starting up again. Uh, for those of you, not a huge golf watcher, but, uh, I'll keep my eye on it a little bit here and there. Um, 
All right, here is the NFL mock draft. Let's just kind of go through it and uh, dissect it a little bit, yeah? All right, here. Number one, I don't think anyone's going to dispute this. The Jets taking Trevor Lawrence. Clearly, obviously. Some people are putzing around with the idea of them trading the trading that pick for probably two first-rounders, probably three second-rounders, and a couple later later-round draft picks, maybe third, fourth, fifth. They could probably get about nine picks for that draft for that draft slot, especially with Trevor Lawrence um, coming out. He's a hot commodity, obviously. I don't think they should, though. What I think they need to do is clean house. Adam Gase, get him out. You need to find a genius that you're going to be willing to pay big money to because they're not paying anyone else. Jamal Adams, off their payroll. Le'Veon Bell, off their payroll. C.J. Mosley, they're paying the most money to, and he's still making like average money for the position. Not probably above average, but it's not like outrageous. Plus, Lawrence would be on a rookie deal. Yes, granted to be the number one number one pick slot, so he's still probably making what? What is that, $20 million maybe? That's still nothing in comparison to what other quarterbacks would be making. So you wouldn't be paying your quarterback. You're not really paying anyone else other than C.J. Mosley, who when he's healthy is worth probably what he's making, maybe a little bit less, but you cut your losses there. Go out and pay for a big coach. Go get an Urban Meyer. Uh, go get a Lincoln Riley. you got to entice these guys with some money. Look, Lincoln Riley runs a program. You know, you're not going to entice him with power and, oh, you're being in New York. No, no, no. He needs money. You need to give him money. So um, I think that would be my advice to the Jets. Clean house. Take Lawrence. Get rid of Gase. Get him a solid offensive coach that he is going to thrive with. Um, Going on here, number two, we got the Jaguars taking Justin Fields, quarterback Ohio State. Um, I don't even mind Minshew, and I think we need to see what Luton has. Like I said, I don't think he's the next Tom Brady, but how would you know if you don't play him the next, what, seven games? Um, but I do think that they eventually need a quarterback, and even if you draft him, and even if you don't start him, you start Minshew for a year, um, I don't even think that's the end of the world. I think that's the right pick there. Giants taking uh, with a third overall pick. The Giants would take Pinnell Sewall, uh, offensive tackle at Oregon. Obviously, their offensive line is terrible. Uh, number four, the Cowboys taking Patrick Sertain, cornerback at Alabama. I actually do agree with that. Here's why I do. Look, people are saying, well, the Cowboys could take Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. Um, no, no, no. Dak is good. Dak's fine. If you get pieces around him. The only thing that I would also contend for the Cowboys is to actually trade that. You could probably get a first and two, two seconds and maybe a third. So you could probably get four to five draft picks for that number four slot. Move down, and even if you pick the second best DB in this draft, you have a multitude of picks. You have to start building a team because clearly quarterback's not the issue. Look, Dak didn't win with this. Andy Dalton couldn't win with this. Nobody can win with that roster. So you have to build the roster instead of just looking for a quick fix, looking for a spark at quarterback, or looking for one player in the secondary. No, no, no. I would trade it and get picks. But if you're going to keep that, obviously we're not going to play the what-if game on every single one with trades and stuff. But if you're going to keep that pick, I think that's the right pick. Um, Washington taking Zach Wilson, quarterback BYU. Now, I disagree. I think that you take – I think you take Trey Lance. Trey Lance has shown it more. Um, but I do think Zach Wilson could be a top 10 pick if he continues. See, the thing is, it's so early. We're only nine weeks into the NFL season, so we don't even know what how these teams are going to end up. We don't even know how they're going to end up. It's like barely the halfway point. And same with college football. Zach Wilson's still got another like four games left, plus a bowl game. So it's like, let's pump the brakes. Let's see. We'll see. 
Um, the Chargers get Micah Parson, linebacker, Penn State. Uh, I think the Chargers need more offensive line help than anything, but Micah Parsons is tough to pass up. He um, actually played at a high school that – the high school that I went to actually faced him one time in the state playoffs. He's electric. Um, he reminds me of an Isaiah Simmons, but a little bit bigger. More of a linebacker type than an Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is kind of like a flex, just plays defense. Micah Parsons is more of a traditional linebacker, but moves similarly to him. So it'd be tough to pass him up, I agree. Um, the Dolphins getting Jamar Chase. Uh, they did have the seventh pick from the Texans. I think that's the right pick. Jamar Chase is electric. He is easily the number one receiver. Um, the Bengals taking Caleb Fairley, DB out of Virginia Tech. I think they need to go defensive. And if the staff evaluates that the DB is what they need, then so be it. I think they're fine offensively. Look, um, Tyler Boyd, solid. Joe Mixon, solid. If you can maybe pick up a, a better tight end in free agency and uh, A.J. Green can get back to A.J. Green stuff, your offense is fine. I think they need more help on defense. The defense is really bad. Bottom 10 in the league, so. Um, Falcons taking D-end. I think that sounds about right. Their offense is set. Julio, Calvin Ridley, even Russell Gage is a really good number three. Todd Gurley's having a career year. Matt Ryan's not even a bad quarterback. I mean, I think, personally, I would start thinking about moving off him just because of his immobility and his lack of ability to extend plays. Um, so I think they definitely go defense if that's the right move. Uh, the Panthers taking a guard. That's definitely right. Um, especially when your franchise guys are running back, you're going to need some dudes to block for them. Um, so I would take, yeah, out of Ohio State's name is Wyatt Davis taking a guard there. Um, the Lions taking Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. I don't know, man. I don't know if they need wide receivers. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. I don't know. I don't know. I'd probably go defensive. I think they need a they need a pass rush. So I'd probably go with a pass rusher there, but all right. Uh Broncos go with D B Sean Wade. Uh yeah, that sounds about right. Now I think since Chris Harris left, Akeem Talib, all them left, it hasn't been the same secondary. I think they definitely need to start working on that. They don't need any more talent offensively. They need to see what the guys they have can do. Um Patriots, Kyle Pitts, tight end, Florida. Absolutely. I don't think um I mean in this mock draft they don't even have Trey Lance off the board, and if that's the case, I think Bill should double check, and the Patriots should take Trey Lance. But I think in real life, Trey Lance won't be on the board, and I think that Kyle Pitts would be the right move at that point. They definitely need a tight end. They need they need some sort of go to explosive player, and uh, for that position, he reminds me a lot of like a, a Kellen Winslow type, who is because he's much faster and much more athletic than other guys at the position. I think he could. Not reinvent the position, obviously, because we see a bunch of athletic guys now. But he can block and can run every route in the route tree. So he's an impressive prospect. Um, the Vikings taking a defensive end, Gregory Rossu, out of Miami. Haven't seen him play. Can't really judge it that much. I think the Vikings definitely do need a pass rush. They need, they should definitely draft defensive. So I agree. Um, the 49ers taking an offensive lineman, Rashawn Slater. Uh I mean, I, I guess I, I would probably go with secondary. Richard Sherman's aging, and outside of him, I really don't know who they have. I'd probably go secondary there. But uh, it's not a bad idea to get some offensive line help, especially because I don't think they have a single one starting right now that started last year due to injury and stuff. So definitely some depth, and uh, yeah, it wouldn't be a bad move. All right, the Bears taking Trey Lance in this mock draft if the uh, if he's still available. 
I could see it. Um, I think the Bears definitely need a quarterback. If he could fall to them, I think they would praise the heavens because that would be an incredible quarterback prospect to be able to fall to them at 16 in this draft. Uh, If he's there, obviously they should take him. Um, The Colts taking Kyle Trask. Now, that I do not agree with. I don't think he's a first-round quarterback. I don't really think he's even a second-round quarterback. He's probably third-round quarterback. Yeah, he's having a decent year. I just don't think – I don't think it's 17 that he's the move. I don't think he's the pick there. Especially the Colts just took Jacob Eason, and I wouldn't call Jacob Eason a a franchise quarterback because we don't know what he has yet, though. So I would see what you have first before you draft another quarterback. All right, uh, the Browns taking Jeremiah Owosu-Kamara. He's a linebacker at Notre Dame. I don't want to butcher his last name, but uh, I have seen him play a little bit because I watched some of that Clemson game. He's explosive. He's fast. He hits you like a freight train. So I like the pick there. I think the Browns definitely go defensive. They are loaded on offense. No more mouths to feed. All right, how about the Eagles taking a cornerback, Jace Horn? Uh, I Yes, I, I agree. To an extent, uh, I think I think if this was a better wide receiver draft, I would advise taking a wide receiver. Rashad Bateman would still be on the board. I would consider taking him just because of the lack of lack of depth that they've had at that position and the injuries that they've incurred on that in that uh, in that area. So I'd consider not taking a DB, but they definitely do need secondary help. Um, the Cardinals taking a defensive end, Jason Owa from Penn State. Oh, away. Whatever. Definitely a good move. He's a he's a really, really good player. I've seen him play a couple times. Um, and I think the Cardinals definitely need defense. Their defense is bad. It's bad. Um, the Jaguars pick from the Rams, um, the 21th overall pick. Sam Cosme, offensive tackle out of Texas. Texas has been able to produce a lot of good linemen. So, I yeah, I agree with it. I think the Jags especially if they take a, a quarterback, which I think they will. Um, I think that's the move. You, you have to protect them. So uh, the Dolphins at 22, taking Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle out of Alabama. Absolutely, you have to protect Tua. And their defense is solid. Their weapons are above average. Tua, uh, so far, is above average. You need to start protecting them. Um, the Raiders taking defensive tackle Christian Barmore out of Alabama at the 23rd overall. Um, hard to dispute that. The Raiders' defense is bottom five in the league. So, yeah, definitely draft defensive. The Buccaneers taking Joseph Osai. He's an offense – or not an offense – outside linebacker or defensive end out of Texas. Um, uh, yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a good move. I think they need pass rushers. Their pass rushers are, are aging. Nandama Kinsu, Jason Pierre-Paul. Shaq Barrett's good. I think someone to go – on the other side of him, like a Joseph Osai would be good. Plus, Osai can, is really, really good at dropping back in coverage. So, he's a very versatile backer. I'd like to pick. Um, the Packers, hopefully, don't butcher this. Rashad Bateman, if he's on the board at 25, they have to take him. They should. Um, why does he ride a Minnesota? Absolute beast. I would take him. And hopefully, they do if he falls to them at 25. Uh, the Jets, the 26th overall pick, acquired from the Seahawks, Trey Smith. Uh, outside, or offensive lineman, I'm sorry. Oh, God, I'm butchering these. Outside, oh, my, I keep saying outside. Offensive lineman out of Tennessee. Haven't seen him play, but it's clear that the Jets need offensive line help. I'm with that pick. Titans, and they want to take Rondale Moore, 27th overall, according to this mock draft here. Uh, um, 
I don't know. They already have A.J. Brown. They already have Corey Davis. They already have the Humphreys guy in the slot who's really solid. I agree that Moore is hard to pass up. I'd probably go secondary help for them. Their defense is terrible. Their offense is fine. Uh, the Saints safety, Trevon Morig out of TCU. Sounds German, Morig. Um, definitely the right pick there. Malcolm Jenkins is aging. They need a safety. Ravens, Terrence Marshall, wide receiver. Sorry about that, guys. It kind of cut off there. Um, we were close to the time limit, and so it kind of cut off. I think I was left off at the Ravens and Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver um, out of LSU. Obviously, I think Lamar needs weapons. I think that's clear. Um, the Bills at 30th overall, Darian Kendrick. He is a uh, he's a DB out of Clemson. I think the Bills definitely need defensive help. Uh, they haven't been solid defensively all year, and that's something that they typically pride themselves on. So I think going defensive is the right move there. And uh, 31st overall, we have Chiefs linebacker Dylan Moses, linebacker out of Alabama. Um, obviously the Chiefs are fine offensively. I, I would say other than this pick, maybe go offensive lineman. But I think definitely starting to build defense would probably be your best move if you're Brad Veach, the GM of the of the Chiefs there. And uh, finally, the Steelers' hometown team here. Uh, they This mock draft on USA Today has them taking Christian Derisaw off of the tackle out of Virginia Tech. Not sure they need a tackle, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong. I, I'm looking at the team. I'm thinking, hmm, I, that's tough. I'm thinking a young DB. I'm not sure what DBs are, you know, quote unquote on the market at that point. But, uh, I, I, let's look up draft eligible defensive backs. Um, all right, this is from the past year. Okay, here we go. 2021 NFL draft prospects cornerbacks here. Um, all right, Sean Wade will probably be, probably be gone. Uh, Darion Kendrick might be gone. Um, if he's not, I think that the Steelers should probably pick him up. Cause if you look at their DBs, look, Joe Hayden's getting older. Steven Nelson's not getting any younger. I don't think it'd be a bad idea to go with a young, a young DB, Darion Kendrick. If he's available, I'd take him, and then maybe even in the second round, take Diamodor Lenore. He's a senior out of Oregon, um, or even Thomas Graham out of Oregon, uh, also a senior. But first round, if Darion Kendrick isn't there, I'd probably wait. I would take a lineman or something like that, um, maybe even for depth for the first couple of years. But then hopefully, uh, groom him to start if you need to. But, uh, yeah, so, guys, that's, that's pretty much all we got for today. There's not too much else going on here. Let's check. Is there any other news? I, I really don't think there is. Hmm. Yeah, I really don't see any more news. There's not really anything else for me to discuss. Um, the mock draft was kind of just some cool I wanted to throw in there. Um, but, yeah, guys, that's about it. Thank you guys for listening. Uh. Yeah, just, just thank you for listening. Um, we appreciate it. And uh, we will be back on probably Monday. And uh, it'll be a great episode, in-person episode. So uh, de- definitely don't miss that. It's going to be a solid, 
solid episodes. Thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll get you guys actually either Friday or Saturday. We will get you guys our picks for Sunday, and then we'll have a, a nice Monday in person. Uh, but make sure you're going out, checking out Twitter, and uh, and then also check out um, check out Instagram because we are going to be throwing up a quarterback tier graphic. I didn't go over it today. We are actually going to go over it um, in this upcoming podcast either tomorrow or Saturday. Might also be a solo one, just me as well. So um, yeah, don't don't miss that. The quarterback tiers are awesome. So hopefully we'll get those to you probably by tomorrow um, for this upcoming week. So thank you guys for listening again, and that was the issue.